be yeah, a problem. Good. That's you're right. feeling it. You're feeling it. You're feeling it. Oh, come on. Outstanding. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Underrated Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the films that we feel are underrated, underappreciated, or ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. I'm Derek McDuff, and with me are Fred and Alan Torres. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Ariel Ortiz. Hi, And our special guest from the In Quest of Geek podcast, Jason Patrick Gaelic. Hi, guys. How you doing? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I stepped right on that. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about Smoke and Aces, a 2007 film written and directed by Joe Carnahan. The movie has an ensemble cast of, let me take a deep breath here, Ryan Reynolds, Jeremy Piven, Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, Alicia Keys, Common, Ray Liotta, Andy Garcia, Tommy Flanagan, Tajari P. Henson, Nestor Carbonell, Jason Bateman, Peter Berg, uh, Martin Henderson, uh, Joel Egerton, and Matthew Fox. And while the <laughs> film succeeded at the box office, it was torn down by critics and only has a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. This film was actually uh, suggested to us by our guest today. Uh, so, uh, Jason, I don't know if you wanted to start us off and tell us what led you to uh, suggest this film as an underrated movie for us to check out. Uh, well, first off, I had to check the Rotten Tomatoes uh, score for this <laughs> just to make sure that it fit your guys' criteria for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I have a weird thing for early 2000s action films. And like the weirder they are, like the better they are for me, right? I, um, and I remember seeing this film and thinking, oh my gosh, like this, like this, has, this has so many popular people across the pop culture spectrum. And then, like, I knew nobody who saw it. I yeah. I saw it in um, theaters, actually. Oh, and God, so, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I saw it at theaters, and um, I actually only went in knowing that, of course, you know, Ryan Reynolds, basically who was on the poster, include, I think, so it was Ryan Reynolds, Common, Jeremy Piven, Ashley, Alicia Keys. Those are the only ones that I knew going in. And then... Watched the movie completely. Didn't know that. Didn't recognize Chris Pine, of course, because his character just is kind of unrecognizable if you don't pay attention. And kind of like, I think a little bit more now, so he would be recognizable. But back then, this was pre um, Star Trek, pre, you know, Wonder Woman. So, but I knew of Chris Pine. But yeah, so I didn't recognize him on first glance. But this movie just I all I have always loved it. I I don't understand why it, it kind of got bad reviews. I, especially looking back at it now, just the the pacing of it is really good in my opinion. It doesn't like have any time to take a breath, which is or take long these long pauses of like exposition that other um, movies of this kind could have taken. So even especially right now, it was like it, I remembered like the fast pacedness of this movie and kind of was super surprised of how quickly everything happened because I didn't I didn't remember exactly like how fast it happened. I, I knew, of course, like the what things were going to happen. But but yeah, it's still the fast pacedness and and Ryan Reynolds, I think kind of gets shoe boxed in in a way that he that when you come across these movies that that 
kind of show a different side to, side to him and show that he actually is pretty good outside of of a comedic standpoint in his films especially for this one even though he was it's it's a small part in that but it ends up being a very big part of the movie and just the I'll, I'll talk about it later but the final scene in his it's yeah. one of the best in my opinion one one of the best final scenes of a movie it's so memorable to me that i just have that's why i wanted to watch this movie and it was it we had i had put it on our list previously so i was like once you suggested it i was like yes let's do it i've been wanting to do this movie just for that final scene alone but also the entire movie but that final scene alone is just worth recognition yeah, no, I, I, I fucking love that last scene. It gives me the chills, like, whenever I see it. Because up till that point, you're like, oh, this is just kind of like a fun, like, kind of dumb action movie. And then the last scene of the last, you know, like, kind of recontextualizes everything you've seen. It's one of those movies that, like, the procedure or something, when you watch it a second time, mm-hmm. you're like, everything makes so much more sense now. Yeah. I'm really glad that you mentioned uh, Chris Pine as well. Um, two years before this, his largest role was one of the other princes in the Princess Diaries 2. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. That's how I knew him. That's how I knew him. I yeah. knew him because he was the prince, um, you know, the prince that was trying to um, take me, me at Thermopolis's crown away. Yeah. And this was the, like, that's why I was like, wait a minute. This is Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I actually forgot that he was in this film. I remembered everybody else except him. And so seeing him and I'm like, Oh my god, is that Chris Pine? He was just so creepy of a character too. Like w- watching him. One thing, like I, I know Ben Affleck is even people. Not most people don't know that he is open to like doing kind of weird things, especially if you see like any of the Chris uh, uh, Kevin Smith movies that he's in. He he's okay with doing like pretty weird things, but yeah, to allow Chris Pine to basically like move his mouth as a puppet while he was like is supposed to be dead was just kind of creepy and like kind of like didn't sit right with me <laughs> I that's remember, like, yeah <laughs> watching that scene and i was like this must have been so weird to shoot just like sitting down mm-hmm. like sitting there and, but uh, yeah i fucking loved all the characters it's weird to think about like like oh yeah like these people who are like like chris pine and then like that was the first movie like he was famous before but that was common's first movie and now he's almost more of like an actor then he is a musician, and then oh, Alicia oh, oh, Keys. Oh. It was her first movie. Um, He's but... won an Academy Award for his work as a music, but okay. Well, I mean, uh, I, like I was going to be like, play, play your role, come in, uh, yeah, he does, uh, like he does a lot of both now. He does, he's good. <laughs> he does a lot, but like you know, now he's pretty much as well known as an actor as he is, you know, as a musician. Like he was, he's on Helen Wheels, and like he's in all these movies and stuff. So like he, they, I feel like you know, he really kind of like got some untapped talent in here because even like. Joel Egerton has got a pretty tiny role in this. Like he doesn't even get a like a mention in the credits, but Matthew Fox, who was only in it for like three seconds, does, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, I knew you. I, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I had forgotten that he was in it, and then until today when I watched it, and then right away I was like, "Dick's gonna like this part." And then he well, died. Yeah. He kind of pretty much dies the same way that he dies in Lost, where he gets like spoilers. Stabbed. Spoilers. It, it's a twelve-year. <laughs> Finale. Well, Richard dead. Albert didn't stab they're, they're him. In lost. Space, they're, they've been dead since the, the show okay. started, right? Or something oh like that. My God, I mean, that is going to make me lose my fucking mind right now. Uh, they're not, not debatable. It's okay. not debatable. They were not dead. 
Oh, all right. Yeah, I they wish last was lost. Purgatory, but whatever. No, they, they didn't. Purgatory. They were not in. Okay, I'm not even gonna get into it. But but I, uh, you know that the other guy in that scene, uh, Nestor Carbonell, he's also from Lost, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like. Purgatory. Back at what? it again. <laughs> I kind of like twist. wonder if like he was just like, hey, uh, do you want to just come down and do that? Like it was, it was like 2007, 2006 when it came out first at festivals that he was just like. Hey, you want to just uh, come down, shoot a couple scenes for me? You know, we got some time off from Lost. I'm doing this movie, and Matthew Fox was like, "Yeah, sure, why not? I can see that happening." Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go yeah. with Alan, or um, I kind—I didn't watch it recently. I hadn't seen it in a couple, mm-hmm. like about a month or two ago. And when you guys started talking about it, I was like, I probably should have rewatched it because, like, now that I'm thinking about it, the pace is really fast with it. And you guys, like, when you guys were naming all these actors, I was like, "Oh my god, that's right! Oh my god, that's right!" Oh my god, that's right. Like I felt like it just like the, the pacing is so fast with so it. I can see why some people maybe didn't like that because I think like Ariel you said, like there's no expedition, it's just going like this. Mm-hmm. Like even now I'm trying to remember and I'm like, wait, how did it go? Like it went like this, it went like this, and like even scenes like that, like you guys were saying, like there's just quick scenes of like, you know, cause uh with the Chris Pine scene, he just like they're planning it right there outside of the casino and all that, and then boom, Ben Affleck just yeah, they just shoot yeah. up and I'm yeah, like, like I remember I was so they're like on the side of the road, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, oh man, I was so excited because I was like, I don't know if he was in this. I don't know, like Ben Affleck was in this. <laughs> Bam, and I was like, oh, okay. Because they kind of build Ben Affleck up to be the main character in the beginning, and then they're just like, mm. nope, he's he's dead. The main, uh, this yeah, is the kind main, of just an ensemble. Don't worry about it. Yeah, one of the main guys are that have like you know, um, uh, horse in the race kind of so to speak, but their horse gets uh. Sent to the glue factory pretty quickly. To the gulag. The gulag. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I dug it. I, I definitely, it is like a, a, one of those movies you do have to rewatch just to kind of pick up on things. Cause like now looking back, I'm like, damn, there was a lot of things that mm-hmm. you pick up over rewatching it. I think also too, though, like just kind of being devil's advocate and all that. Like, I think maybe the reason why it wasn't so popular was because of the pacing. Because when I did ask people, I'm like, have you seen Smoking Aces? They're like, I don't know, man. It seems like it's too much. There's like 50 people in that movie. And I remember even seeing like trailers and commercials where they're like, it's da 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 I feel like after a while, they're like, eh, we're, it's too much. Maybe that people kind of shy away from it because they're like, there's just too many, too many jokes, I, I guess. I think that's a trend that's like kind of been nowadays. Nowadays, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. Yeah, with the Avengers and all the crossover films, all the comic book movies. Now it is. It might just be one of those things where it was a little too ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are films where they have like a whole ensemble film or a, a, an ensemble cast. Yeah. But I think this was just way too big. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. like people just felt like, especially well, with that too, with the Ben Affleck scene, like with me, people go, oh, cool. Oh, this guy's in it or this girl's in it. You know, uh, that's awesome. They're gone. And you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. if, I, if I can jump in on this one. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the feeling I got. Look, I like the movie. It's action, just like the old action movies, you know, like Rambo and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the days when you were watching them in the in the 90s. You know, those movies, well, you know, 80s movies that you'd watch action movies on like UPN or Channel 13 or 11 or whatever when you were a kid. It's got that feeling of like action, just constant action. It does have a story and mm-hmm. it, the story is good. It, it's just I will. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that topic where you were there, Alan. It is jumpy. It's really fast. You don't get a lot of time with each character they they do throw enough at you so maybe you feel for some of them 
but it's never enough how can i put it like exposition or enough or enough feeling for you to feel for them it's just like here's mm-hmm. here's an assassin boom he's dead and let's move on to the next one until you whittle down to the core of the guys which at the same time for maybe your average moviegoer that's just kind of there it just seems like a lot because with like avengers or even like let's just say fast and the furious right who has a big ensemble cast they don't throw everybody in in the first movie by the time you reach nine there's a bunch of characters there's a bunch of characters that's when you you the family yeah but if you started with like the first (laughs) one it was just a couple of them if you're a new guy jumping in on nine you might be like well what the hell is this there's so many guys or the same thing you watch endgame you go what the hell is all these people it's too much but then they go hey go watch the first ones it'll give you that that uh that story and 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 the back the backstory of everybody and all the stuff that you need i think this movie was cool i love the action uh Mm -hmm. you know the sniper shooting the people across the the building was amazing her then seeing the chick thinking that the chick is with a guy now that was cool that that one made me kind of laugh a little bit she felt a little jealous a little betrayed i guess it seemed like I thought, like, actually, it was when I was watching, I was like, I was thinking, like, you don't get a lot of time with any of these characters. No. Mm-hmm. But I think it still does a really good job of making you care about them. Like, it, each of them feel I, unique without them being necessarily they They gimmicky. feel, they feel I, unique because they're over the top on some of them. Because mm-hmm. the ones that you feel for are more normal, like, you're, you're the, the, the two officers, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of see, you kind of go through the story with them. They, they tend to be more plain, more normal. But, but also, you, like, yeah, but they also, give you a lot of that, and that's Ryan Reynolds, you know what I'm saying, like them being the, the FBI agents, they're a lot more plain than some of these other guys. Some of these characters are just, they, they got like crazy accents, or they're they're wildly dressed, so you'll remember them because of their personalities mm-hmm. over the actual, who they were. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, their personalities, they they come through more organically than something like, Oh, like Suicide Squad. How do we make this character memorable? Oh, we give him a pink unicorn, you know, or whatever it might be. Whereas, like, I think, and I think it had a lot to do with, like, a lot of the stuff that went in behind the scenes. Like, there was a lot of character work. Like, um, uh, the director was talking about how he gave each actor different playlists. Like, he gave, you know, Chris Pine and his Nazi brothers, like, they, he would, like, give them, like, Motorhead and stuff to listen to. Mm-hmm. Where it would give, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Ray Liotta, like, you know, kind of more, like, classical, like, mm-hmm. big band stuff. So, like, that they mm-hmm. would... So, the, these characters do have kind of distinct personalities. No, and, 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 just being and like you know what? With you, saying, with you saying that music, it makes sense. If you look at those guys, they look like they would be, like, metalheads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what they look like. And the cops, obviously, I would think they'd listen to Frank Sinatra because they look like normal, what you would think of when you say an FBI agent. That's what an FBI agent would be. Yeah, and I think you know, and that's it, that's what I was trying to say. Like that's yeah. how, that's how come you can remember them. That's what I'm saying. They they did the characters well. Their backstories mm-hmm. is where I'm saying like because there's so many, I don't think you can have super crazy backstories for these guys because yeah. it's quick. Even yeah, the assassin it, guy who changes, who was in the wheelchair, like blowing on it, and the next thing you know, he's takes off his mask and it's this white dude with a scar. And so they give they give things like I'll remember the scar. You see him, he's bald, he's got a scar, like a big scar across his mouth. They'll give you things so you can remember it's this guy, it's that guy, it was this, it was that. I and I, it, you know, and I, apl- I applaud that. I applaud that because they were yeah. able to make you remember these people. Whether you're gonna remember their names or not, whether you're gonna remember everything, you're gonna remember them because they made them distinct enough that you're gonna know each each group, you know, the 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 group that looked like the, the like the cops, the the uh Bounty hunters? Uh, the, no, the motorhead guys, like the motorhead guys, all uh, oh, cycled, cycled out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, each one, each group, 
uh you got like common and then you know they look like rappers you know like like hip-hop guys and then uh with that russian guy who who jizz all over the jacket yeah, that was hilarious <laughs> you know they, they, I, God th- damn it, I think uncle owen i think they did a good i think they did a good job i think they did a good job for what it was but i do think it's one of those movies that you know at the time is was that was that in that's always, i think that's always the thing that we run into with these movies was that still in at the time when the movie came out if this would have been a few years back and the time of like action movies this thing would have been a hit mm-hmm. remember the italian job and all those other movies they did well this would have been one of the movies up there with those but in the time frame that it came out in i gotta wonder well, it did well, uh, well financially, but yeah, critically, yes. I, it might have been burnout if that's the case that it it, it came out at a time when uh, there was like this upsurgence of of um of these kind of action movies. But I think going back to how all these characters are presented and 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 doing it in a way where it's the the FBI agents of Ryan Reynolds and Ray Liotta kind of like being debriefed kind of brings you into that area of like what this is and that's it's kind of like brings you into the how fast paced this kind of situation could be like they they were in dc first and then new york and then jumping all around and then it i i think that might add to kind of connecting to ryan reynolds character and ray Liotta's character because you are kind of like on that fast-paced journey with them too and then i did enjoy very much how like like going back and how they kind of presented ryan reynolds and ray Liotta. they didn't do too much but you felt for ryan reynolds when he lost um ray Liotta and like trying to save him and all that and i think it they did a lot with like um effectively in in this short amount of time and kind of didn't over over boggle me which is like a very impressive thing with this big cast Uh, i think for me um when it comes to this film uh like i so whenever i usually talk about things on uh on, on my show it's it's mostly about like comic books and video games and pop culture in general right um but something that i'm really really nerdy about are heist films and I always kind of equate assassin films to heist films as well, because assassins, it, it, it's, assassin films are just heist films, but they're trying to steal a life at this point, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and so um, I, love these, I love these types of films. And I, to me, I, I kind of equate this type of film to not, um, it, it's like almost a Guy Ritchie film, but it's also like kind of a mm-hmm. proto John Wick film. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that is a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. So with John Wick, um, I always use John Wick as as the perfect example of how to of how to flesh out a universe without telling you anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. With with this particular universe with Smoke and Aces, there there are these outlandish characters. There are um, uh, and and these people just tend to stand out just in real life in general, right? Just mm-hmm. however many times they gun down somebody just like in in broad daylight without like anything happening to them, like was was very, very surprising. But it's also, you know, John Wick kind of builds off of that sort of feeling where it's not so it's not those outlandish characters that they're that they're pushing forward, but it's more of a uh, it's more of like a gentleman culture. Um, with John Wick, uh, that mm-hmm. that tends to do all of the outlandish killings. Mm-hmm. So and I that's, think yeah. it's like um, recognizable, like genre of assassins that that kind of like allow both Smoking Aces and John Wick to like 
jump into the deep end right away because it's kind of like going off of tropes that are exist in, in you know pop culture society or your knowledge of of that um assassins kind of history oh go ahead i don't know yeah i thought you were finishing a thought i was like wait yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I mean, pretty much what I was going to say was I think uh, the movie would probably would have done a lot better if it waited like two more years. Because two more years, because, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it was 2007, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three more years, sorry. Three more years. Three more years, 2010, I think that's when Expendables dropped. Mm-hmm. And that's when like you had the ensemble cast of all the action movie stars. Yeah. I think if it, had, if it had came out in 2010 or any time after that, it probably would have flourished and we might have even saw like you were saying that the like a prototype John Wick kind of like film series. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a sequel. That that I looked yeah, up, like a prequel. I didn't want to. Oh, watch really? No. Yeah, yeah it's like, it was like made for DVD prequel. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. then yeah, no. the director didn't do it, and like nobody came back except for like the uh, the guy with the scar. Mm. But that's a that's a weird phenomenon now too, right? Where yeah. like oh like. Oh, it, it got made straight to DVD, so we're not going to see it. But if it releases on like <laughs> Netflix or Hulu or true. something like that, we're, so we're way more open to to watch it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I feel like uh, yeah, Netflix is kind of like like and Hulu like they're kind of like the prestige. Martin Scorsese is not going to do a directed DVD movie, you know. Like Noah Baumbach is not going to like put out something like like those are usually feel like just like the shitty sequels that like can't like after the series has like overstayed it's welcome like oh we've released like 12 chucky movies and like nobody's going to see them in the theater anymore but we can still make a couple bucks on straight to dvd whereas you know like if it's something on hulu it's like okay you can get you know l fanning and nicholas holtz to do like this kind of like 10 part series on hulu that's you know like it's almost like they almost like skirt the line between prestige tv and like theatrically released movies with a lot of this Hulu Netflix stuff that they're releasing. So I do feel like it is kind of like a higher echelon of movie than, you know, the straight to DVD movies that we've watched for so long. You, you know, but I, I like think... to say there are some though that go straight to DVD that are actually bangers that come out and nobody watches because they're straight to DVD, but they were good movies. Uh, I'll put one out there. Lion King one and a half. Yes. <laughs> thank oh you. My oh my God. God. I was thinking that. Yeah. My yeah. God. Oh my god! I was gonna throw that. that one out there, and that's true. It, and that wasn't, one... it was never showed in the movies. No, no, none of the like wow. the Disney had this weird thing from like in like the nineties up until like Rocket Ralph two came out, where they're like, we're just like not gonna make theatrical sequels to all mm-hmm. of our hit movies. We're just gonna make yeah. And it was yeah. because like what happened was like Rescuers like Down Under came out and like oh, yeah, did yeah. really bad. bad. That was like the first sequel, and then but I they, like that movie. And I then too. they like released Return of Jafar on DVD, and it was like the biggest selling DVD of all time. So like, Hell this yeah. is what we're gonna do, and like that's another Return of Jafar and King of Thieves. If we're talking about like straight to DVD movies, like those are like the top tier. I feel like. Especially oh, King I mean, of Thieves. that's not even fair. For uh, was it King of Thieves or Prince of Thieves or it's King of Thieves? I think. A King of okay, yeah, yeah. King okay. Of yeah. They got Sean Connery to be Aladdin's dad. That's no, no, it's, it's John Reese. What Davies. the hell, really? Is it John Reese yeah. Davies? Okay, yeah. got it. He's, okay. he's just doing like a Scottish accent. No. Just that like, is Hello, that's just that's just not fair. Like you're gonna immediately yeah. make money if if you're if you're getting the dude from Indiana Jones, right? And getting, <laughs> and getting um Robin Williams back too as yeah. the genie. Yeah. Oh, for the genie and the yeah, uh-huh. film, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was surprised about that. Well, because he quit in the second one. There was like a big falling out between him and Disney. 
Mm-hmm. So if you notice in the second uh, Aladdin, uh, the genie sounds a lot more like Homer Simpson mm-hmm. because Dan Castanella came and did that, but then he did come back for the third one for King of Thieves. Robin Williams mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's so funny we, we talk about that because literally last night uh, we watched the Atlantis uh, the, the oh, Disney one. Love that movie. Oh, and, good and, like, lord, that movie is so good. It's good. It's yeah. pretty good. I, I rewatched it again because I hadn't seen it like in twenty years. But like I, I, I remember looking on Disney Plus because it has a subtitle. It's like The Lost Kingdom, and then there's like a, another Atlantis direct to DVD sequel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, wait, wait! Don't pick the shitty DVD one. I don't want to watch that one. <laughs> I was like, I want to make sure it's uh, the original. And then we found it. But that's so that's so funny that we talk about that because like. I kind of thought of like the Drake meme, almost where it's like, oh, he's like, nah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. just like oh, yeah. a DVD, but then it's like, oh, now streaming. I fuck with that. Yeah, no, but... that, is, that is a good point. That I mean, I guess I am pretty biased against straight to DVD movies. Yeah, it's, it's, you know it's, what, a, it's a thing that it just it had a bad reputation. The movies weren't always bad. There were some Chucky ones. I know you said Chucky, but there's some Chucky ones that came out recently before the the Mark Hamill one that are actually fire. I think the yeah, last I've been wanting to watch those. So I saw them. So good. You guys are missing out if you guys haven't seen them. They're actually really damn good. But that's the thing. Nobody really watches them because you know they're just like straight to DVD stuff that they made. But it's fucking good. They're awesome. And you know that that's the thing. It's it's the same thing with underrated movies that it is those things. You just people just have a bias for it already, and just go mm-hmm. nah, it ain't good. I think too nowadays we we kind of put streaming on a pedestal. Yeah, we have compared to it because like. Now it's like, you know, you, you go to work and you're around the water cooler and it's like, did you binge all of Sabrina last night? No, <laughs> but I binged all of Narcos last night. And it's like, holy shit. Like, it, it, like, and you're literally just releasing it straight to home video, essentially. And mm-hmm. people are like, fuck it. Yeah, I'm going to like gobble it all up. But straight DVD, forget about it. I ain't going to watch Leprechaun 7 in space. Something like that. <laughs> no, Leprechaun in the Hood. Now that was a good one. <laughs> I was thinking about that one too. That one was so dumb, but it was funny. Jason takes Manhattan. Yes, that oh, one was, I, I love the name. Because it's, it's not even Manhattan. Yeah, it's not even Manhattan. It should be called Jason on a boat because that's where most of the movie is. Yeah, Jason on a boat, but he does like just knock a dude's block off, like the most literal way, and it's fucking amazing. I love it. Oh man! But real fast, I wanted to <laughs> get to get back to the movie what we were mm-hmm. saying before, yeah. and you know, since you brought up Guy Ritchie, Jason, like the movie, it did remind me of kind of Guy Ritchie, but also um, Tarantino and Scorsese in mm-hmm. differing parts. And I feel like that mm-hmm. was something else that helped the characters stand apart um, and be more recognizable is because they're kind of, each group is kind of shot in a different way. Whereas you, you know, you have the, like a lot, some of the assassins are kind of shot in that kind of like, so like especially like the Bale Bondsman, Ben Affleck's characters, they're very Guy Ritchie, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you mm-hmm. know, those more straight laced cops and that kind of feels like a more gritty realistic Scorsese movie. And then, you know, you have the over the top, like Nazis and like things exploding in slow motion. And like, there's tiger roars and that feels maybe more like a Tarantino, just like really bloody explosive movie. And I think that having all these different styles makes the characters feel very distinct and kind of like gives you that cool feeling of like, this is a big ensemble kind of movie. There's all these different things going on and it has all these different things I love about all these different directors kind of being drawn into one thing. And, you know, then you have like, it all kind of comes together in that ending that makes it, and it makes it so much more emotionally resonant when it is just like such a Mm -hmm. fucking powerful scene. Like you get it all explained by Andy Garcia 
and he like you know Ryan Reynolds just sits there and he just yanks the things out and it's like I even like in my notes I took like I just have a note that says that last shot though because that final moment is 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 just so much like the entire do you, movie yeah builds so all do you want to kind of like explain yeah. the, the whole scene and so kind of thing for the listeners see if like yeah yeah yeah, yeah so, so first off um who was this their, their first time ever seeing it though did, did all of it I don't think anybody. Okay. Yeah, yeah I had seen it before. Yeah, okay. But so, can you remember like the first time you saw it? Like, how did that twist kind of like take you? Did it take you by surprise? That did... twist fucking hit me. Like I was saying earlier, like mm-hmm. I was watching the movie, I was like, "This is just a fun action movie." And then, like when you see that scene, and you're like, "Oh no, this was about something." Like th- that yeah. twist, and it's like the best kind of twist because twists in movies they tend to go one of two ways. It's either like something where it's like you can really easily predict it or it's something where it's like, there's no way you could have predicted it, but this is, it hits that like sweet spot. Like very few movies do where it makes total sense. Things that they say earlier, like the child support and you know, the surgery, it's like, Oh my God, in the moment I thought that was nothing, but it's everything. And so it's like the twist. I was just like, this is fucking brilliant. I had like the Shia LaBeouf clapping in the theater moment when I first saw it, I was like, this is amazing. So basically for anybody who hasn't seen it or hasn't seen it in a while to recap what happens at the end is after Ray Liotta dies and everyone's like, what, what was happening? Why is there all this death? Like, yeah. So the guy who, you know, went undercover to infiltrate the mob from the FBI in like the forties, he actually became the mobster. He kind of became his cover, lived it out. And he's been dying. He didn't put the hit out on buddy Israel when he said he wanted his heart, it was literal. The Swede, who you think is the assassin, cuts out his, is going to cut out his heart and do a heart transplant. And the FBI has basically been going along with all this on the, a whim, on a chance that they might get some information out of this you know, guy who used to be in the FBI 50 years ago. And they have let all this destruction and death happen to their own agents who have been killed. And Ryan Reynolds just kind of at the end after hearing all this, is like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm mm-hmm. done with all this. Pulls the plug out, kills but, both Buddy Israel and the guy, and just sits there, and it's just, like, he takes out but, his gun, yeah. he puts down his badge, he's like, I'm done. Like, this is... He does it in the most poetic way that even to this, to rewatching it right now, just hits me so hard because he basically... Tell, like you know has this argument or like st- yells it at Andy Garcia's character about you know wanting justice and stuff like that and Andy Garcia being the deputy um director of the FBI is just like this is how it is you know this is how it is you, there's a door if you want it or you, you know just leave and he's like and he's like are you okay with this and then he says yeah and then he once Andy Garcia walks away, he goes in and goes in and basically yeah, pulls the plugs, but the way that he lays down his his gun and his badge is like this is my resignation mm-hmm. kind of is just so poetic. And then thinking back and and like thinking of is this are they gonna like what are they gonna do with him? How are they gonna punish him? And then Going, thinking that they might not punish him, they might just like let him go because if they, if they're not going to uncover this FBI secret from fifty years ago, they're going to want to keep it quiet. So, 
So I think it's just, it's like the epiphany, uh, the apex of poetic justice, in my opinion. It's interesting you say that because there's actually an alternate ending, which they shot, but didn't do anything with. That's actually on the DVD that I watched where like Ryan, after Andy Garcia gives a speech, Ryan Reynolds just like unloads his gun and just shoots both of them. And that would have been terrible. Like I would have hated mm-hmm. it if it ended like that, but you have this. Like, that's, a, that's what I thought scene. was going to happen. Yeah, you have this slow scene with the music, and you like you said, he like lays his gun down, and he just sits there, and he's like literally crying. I remember like after I, because I, I didn't recognize but Ryan he, Reynolds when I first saw it. Yeah, I was yeah. Just, I didn't know who it was. I was like, and then it ended. I was like, what was it? Who was the actor in this? Like that was a great performance. And I was like, all I knew him from at the time was like, I was like, that's Van Wilder. Like he's got those dramatic chops. I had, and it blew yeah, me I guess away. you've never seen because Blade Trinity came out before this and he yeah, had, a, he had yeah. a beard then. So I knew it was Ryan Reynolds going into yeah. watching it, but yeah, it's just, just that scene alone is shows how much range like Ryan Reynolds given the chance can have. And mm-hmm. it's such a great acting wise, like moment, like he's crying, but at the same time, he's like, has this slight smile on his face because he knows that he, he got justice for his partner, for all of the, all of the, um, his fellow agents that, that died. It's just kind of like this, like, yeah, he essentially threw out his career and possibly his life away, but he did it for a meaningful thing. So you get that you get all of that emotion and all of that meaning and just from his face and just the final scene of like in the zoom in on him and just him like just look just putting his head down is just like really good cinema yeah yeah a real talk i want him to blast everybody but <laughs> that's just me at that point because I, I mean everything you guys said it makes sense you know it's at the end i felt that he wanted to get some revenge because talking to his boss was like, so you let my my partner die all over this? I could have seen him shoot them both. That would have been kind of cool. But the the unplugging the thing, the first time I saw it, I thought he was going to shoot himself in the head. Mm-hmm. I thought so too. Because I, I, thought, I, thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought he was going to unplug it and he was going to shoot himself in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought, well, that's the way to go out, right? So that way they don't put you in jail or they don't whatever and you're done. Uh, him putting his badge down and stuff, that was cool. I did see that that uh, I think it was like the deleted scene where he shoots the guys. Because I was like, I remember him shooting them. I go, I don't know why he unplugged it, but um, yeah, that that either way, I mean, the way I see it, he got his revenge, and I thought that was cool, a good way to end it. You know, them trying to break in and stuff like that just shows how much they wanted him. But him unplugging it, I was down with that. That that was the way I wanted it. I was like, man, these these fucks are gonna get to live. I don't think so. So him doing <laughs> that, I thought was cool. Well, as a way of showing mercy, and just. Also, like getting revenge. Well, well no, because like, they were they were both pretty much dead. I mean, the the only thing keeping but, them alive was being plugged in. Because the yeah, one guy but, they stopped his heart, I think, and then the other guy, well, his heart was already stopping, so they had to swap him to live. So I, I mean, think, he could have shot them, but I mean, I think it shows a lot more of like, like it's not vengeful, whereas it's revenge, uh, just just unplugging them. Like I don't know, yeah, and just maybe like this guys decline. To die. Yeah, just this maybe this slow decline too, because yeah. like if you shot like that's sudden, but to have these people trying desperately to try to break in while these they watch um, these people kind of slowly die. Because my, so. my only thought was like, what if they got in and then they try to like pump this other guy's heart back to get it moving again? I was like, you shoot them in the heart and they're done. Mm-hmm. Like you, you dusted them and then nobody gets to come back. 
It was it was it was a good ending though. I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. It was it was it really makes you it really hits you in the feel seeing him mourn for his his fallen comrade. Yeah. Uh, if I can ask a question too, mm-hmm. um, are there like certain things in films that because you have knowledge of it outside of a film, it takes you out of the film itself? Um, because for me personally, I have a I have a problem with firearms. And mm-hmm. how they're and and how they're used at times as well, right? Like how people, um, just how people treat firearms in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, like, when you're when you're like a federal agent and all that stuff, there's a, there's a very specific way that you're trained in order to pull your service weapon, in order to in order to aim and shoot and things like that. And that scene where Ray Liotta and uh, oh gosh, the other the 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 Hispanic assassin, mm-hmm. the one with oh, like, the, uh, like, oh yes, yes, the one with the yeah, the one yeah. with like the Assassin's Creed knife, yes, right. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so when they're in the scene, he actually shoots from the hip, uh, mm-hmm. which is not really something that you train for when you're like when you learn to shoot from like a, a state or federal entity, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, like he probably wouldn't have shot like that, or like um, uh, the police officer at the very end when he kills Chris Pine. Um, like he doesn't even look at him, and then that gun was buried for like twenty years, and that and it still worked still fine, worked right? Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I so like, it just—it's like things like that. So like, are there things for you guys in film that immediately take you out of the scene because you know a whole bunch about it outside of the film? Have you guys ever seen yeah. anyone play a video game in a movie fucking ever? Because I don't know what people are doing when they try pretend to play video games in movies. Oh yeah, it's but horrible. like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they're just like just like people like not even looking at anything. The sounds on the screen don't match what they're doing. They're just like sm- like rapidly smashing the controller, and I'm like, yeah, they're like, Whoa, yeah, oh yeah. God, that's Whoa. the biggest. One. There's yeah. other things, but that's the biggest one. It's just they're just like and they're like rotating the controller like every which way, even if it's like not a motion, if it's like a GameCube controller. They're just like leaning back and forward. I'm just like, yeah. It, it, has no one played a, video games are popular. How do people not know in movies how to make video games look realistic? Yeah, it I takes like a, it takes a lot for something to take me out of a movie. I I tend to be okay with suspending um, disbelief it, while I watch a movie. There, the thing that takes me out of a movie are is more dialogue and and storyline i guess like where it's that it just completely does not make sense where or what they say or something like that just completely takes me out of the movie like the biggest one that's ever taken me out of a movie was like as it's known by many of us is fan four stick the fantastic the horrible fan fantastic i haven't seen it but i've heard numerous the the one with the the, the one with uh, chris evans or the new one the new, no, one. the new one. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that. Like, uh... but, I'm sorry, what? No. Chris Evans uh, was good as, as a, yeah. a human torch. He was good. It was right. great. Yeah. yeah. But that. anyway, so Fan Forstick kind of just took me out of it because just the storyline didn't make sense. Like how how things worked and how things are like working out, especially being a comic book fan and like that kind of thing. So I guess more it's like if they completely throw, you know, something that like especially with with comic book movies, just throw it in the trash and then come up with their own idea. Yeah, that takes me out of it. Um, Like with that movie, I from from walking out of the theater to my to my car, I basically rewrote a better script than them. 
or a better storyline than them. So it's those kind of things that take me out of the out of it. And also, like, yeah, actors' chemistry can take me out of it if they're not mashing. If it's just bad acting and stuff. That I was gonna take- say with a with, with a whole gun thing, I, I I completely understand. Like when I watch some of the car movies or some of the stuff that goes on with that, I can. Uh... I can relate when you hear them say either the wrong thing or the way they're shifting or the way they're driving that you can kind of tell that they're not like, it's it's not, it's not right. You're like, well, obviously I drive a car and you know, mm-hmm. I know, I know about performance parts and stuff. There's no way that would fall off or that would do that. Or jumping from one car to another, you're like, nah, dog, that doesn't happen. Does like Fast of- and Furious just give you like the worst anxiety ever so- then? <laughs> look uh, it's a it's a hard love love and hate right so you don't get a lot of movies that somewhat deal with certain things like okay the original fast and the furious you give it a break right mm-hmm. obviously it's a little over the top a lot of their their car like the car racing and the car meets they did were more like the car shows than the actual car meets where you would go meet up with people because mm-hmm. a lot of time you would meet up like in and out or a parking lot so or there's sonic. a shit yeah, there's a shit ton of cars, and there's a lot of music, and there was stuff, but most of the people didn't race there. You would meet up there, you would talk about it, and then they'd go somewhere else to go race. And you can go watch. So, I mean, there's there's people, films and YouTube videos you can watch about people doing street racing back in the day. And some of that's true. But now this whole, like, go-go dancing and some of the stuff that they do in these warehouses, I mean, that was more like the car show scene. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that they, they kind of, like, aggregated it together. So, in a way, you give the first movie a break. Now, the other movies, that's where it gets a little cringy. Because you're like, well, they stopped being about like the street racing like lifestyle thing and more of a, a heist movie with cars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like the Ferrari or I can't remember what car it was. Ferrari or one of those supercars that jumps. Building a building. Of, yeah, out of like a penthouse building and like I think it was like Dubai, and then lands in another one, and you go, that wouldn't have happened. There's no, there's no physical way a car. A car wouldn't do that. You're going to die. You're going to hit something and you're going to die. Even even if the car did make it from one building to another. Like let's say you can do that. But there's no way that car that a, a super like a super sports car like that is meant to even fly in the air like that. Like there's just there's no way. Logistically there's no way. You're just going to die. Maybe a monster truck. I could see you a monster truck. They have suspension for it. But there's no way a, a car that can go that fast is going to land just fine. I mean Paul Walker wrapped himself around a damn tree and he died. So let's be real. Like I mean that's just real life right there. Like if you if you go yeah, the, the movie's really, like, I watch him, and I try to watch him just to watch him, but there's times where I go, oh, fuck, really? In the middle of the movie. I, I mean, I like him. I, I'll tell you this. I'm a diehard fan for all those movies, every single one of them. The cars are great. I mean, they still get the cars right. All the cars are badass. They're all still fixed up nice. I mean, they still get that part, but everything else is just like, you can't pull a safe with a fucking charger. You can't. I don't care yeah. who you are. You can't. It's not possible. It's as much as you can put a, a safe back um, yeah. with the no. yeah, like Batman. Yeah, like yeah. putting the safe with the battery. Again, I don't know what you're using, but no, you can't. But yeah, I, I I do feel you there that when it seems like when you're more knowledgeable or you or you have some kind of idea of it, when they execute it, it, it seems to be like the small pet peeves I think of the individual of us that know it that you kind of pick apart and go, well, that's mm-hmm. not right. Like that that could be everybody else looks at you and goes, well, what are you talking about? Like. So he shot him. I would have no, but you you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have like like the 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 manifold like the, uh, anyways. Don't get me started with Fast and Furious, but yeah, there's things where you like that wouldn't happen. That just wouldn't happen. To 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 answer your question though, uh, real quick, kind of jumping off of Fred's thing. I love that. I live for that shit. I love moments that pull me out of the movie because I, I it's so ridiculous. I absolutely love it. 
like when you were saying that the, the the car going into another building like in dubai when i saw that i was like wow that shouldn't even be possible i love it I it's not possible it. whenever not. like that like oh my favorite is the movie magic stuff where uh continuity errors are my fucking favorite just because like uh like have you guys seen commando with arnold schwarzenegger there's a scene where he's uh like there's a whole battle scene and there's like a yellow porsche i think and it gets completely destroyed like it's destroyed and like you see it in, in the background and then like arnold's like ah oh, come out of this school yeah and then they go and then right behind them the porsche brand spanking new and i always look at shit like that and i'm like that that should have took me out but i'm like i love it what? give me more i love having unlimited ammo on a on like a nine millimeter like you keep jeep shooting for like hours i'm like makes sense oh that kills me every time yeah. I love how it. long it's is the so runway funny. in that one movie oh my god yeah there's like the one where gal gadot dies yeah oh, the runway, the runway was like from from like san diego to new york i think because i actually <laughs> haven't seen any of those movies but i worked at the movie theater when whatever that one was coming out and i remember you'd have to like go in and like see what <laughs> shit was going down you know and what I, would, I, I went in and like i went into the theater and there was like a there was like a runway scene and then i came back 20 minutes later and they're still on the same runway and i'm like what is happening right now Look, I'll give them a pass. We don't know if they're going through the whole runway. I mean, you know, because you don't know it, if they're going back and forth through the runway. Yeah, because you 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 think the main runway is a straightaway. It is, but if you're if you're ever in an airport or even like the small airports, they've got like runways that you have to like spin around and drive around before you get to the main runway. So you know, maybe I give them a break. Maybe they were driving around the whole thing before they got to the main part. And there's oh, there's one more thing too I want to mention that I feel like you guys might be able to relate to that always just like takes me out of movie. And it's whenever they're doing like computer shit in a movie that came out like before The Matrix. So I feel like like 90s filmmakers just didn't really understand how computers or hacking worked. And like I'm not a hacker. I don't know coding. But like it's still to the point where like my brother who is like a coder. Like I'll see him like coding something and I'll just be like, Mitchell, you know how this works, right? It's a Unix system. (laughs) (laughs) My uh, with with typing also one of my favorite scenes. It's from a it's from an episode of NCIS. The one where, where they, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and Abby is a, like who's their tech expert. Somebody starts breaking into her computer, so then one of the dudes scoots her over, and they both start typing <laughs> on the same keyboard. That's <laughs> like like Julian Piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, they're like, oh, we can't hack fast enough. Both of us need to type. It was, it's, it's, I'm like. Do you know how a computer works? Like what? Yeah, and that was like something that came out like in like like the mid two thousands. Like you should yeah. definitely know how computers work at this point. My favorite is uh, it's not in movies. I-, I wish they would do it in movies because I'd be I'd fucking die. But it's like they're the stock images of what hackers are, and a- and a hacker in a stock image is a dude in a balaclava or a ski mask with a gun next to his laptop, and he's typing and he's <laughs> typing maliciously. <laughs> And I'm like, oh shit, he's hacking the Pentagon. He has a gun right next to him. Oh my god, he's wearing a balaclava. I love that shit. <laughs> uh, well, well, was there uh, any other thoughts that you guys had on the movie? And not on that movie, but the best hacking was Swordfish. I just gotta say. <laughs> oh my god, oh my I remember god. that. <laughs> Literally, all I know about that movie is that's the movie that people are like, oh, how Halle Berry. That's all I know about the entire movie. Listen, that's all you need to know. That was if a you good movie. Know, it's Wolverine and Storm. Dream. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Wolverine I, see, and Storm. I didn't even know Hugh Jackman was in it. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, a, he's a hacker. 
It's a gigantic waste of Hugh Jackman. Yeah. with the gun next to his laptop. And, and uh, then it ends clones. Something clones? like that, yeah. Clones. Here's the craziest yeah. part. So, so to like, and I hope I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but to see about how good of a hacker he is, they make him get a blowjob while he's hacking the computer and see how fast he can do it. So I'm oh like, oh my god, I don't even remember. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, it's a really awful and misogynistic scene. <laughs> yeah, to be honest. Yeah. But I mean, more- like every every film at that point was pretty awful, oh, yeah. misogynistic. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. This sounds like the most 2002 movie I've ever heard. It's of. about that time, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It worked for the time. I remember watching it, going like, "This is a man's movie." <laughs> I was like, "Halle Berry, how we doing?" <laughs> you know what happens when a toad gets struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. Oh God, just the worst line. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The early two thousands were truly dark days. Mm-hmm. Early two thousands comic book movies were very, Ooh. very hit or miss. Very yeah, hit great. Or miss. Yeah. I think it's. I think like for a while it was like from like ninety five to like two thousand five. There was this era of just like you go watch Fantastic Four and Ghost Rider, and you're like there. Yeah, kind of like I don't know. Yeah, I feel like like somebody said that Venom was the third. The way they described it, it's the third best comic book movie of two thousand five. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. the most accurate that's thing I've ever heard. Accurate, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I think especially with those comic book films that came out during that time, like I think we were just like uh, just us as nerds were just so hungry for something like that mm-hmm. that like we we had to prop it up, right? We had to give our money to it. Mm-hmm. It was like it, it was like all of us were in the desert and uh, um and we got to taste water for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then after that, like, uh, I mean, just after the first Iron Man, then it was just all so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, I think, uh, like, for the absolute most part, after 2005, I do agree with you, the the comic book films were more than decent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, any any last words on the the film? Just just watch it. It is a really good action movie. Um. And with a really good twist, and and yeah, it, especially cinematically, that final scene. There's this um, there's this uh, Instagram account that I follow called that final scene, and um, I'm surprised that I don't. I'm surprised that this one isn't on it because it's a really good last final scene, definitely. Yeah, I was just gonna say the way that the director described it us on an interview is like he said he wanted to make an intellectual drive-in movie and i feel like that really does a good job of describing what this is because it is kind of like those old grindhouse movies but like about something deeper there's all this stuff about like are we who we pretend to be or are we not like another really great scene that that, other than the final scene that really stands out is that scene where jeremy piven's like looking in the mirror and he's got one contact in and he's like he's just like high in coke and he's like keeps switching his hands between the, uh, the the eye without the contact and the one with it and I think yeah, it does that good job of just like boom, like being a big shoot 'em up movie while also like saying something deeper. And I think that's why the movie might not have gotten the greatest reviews is because on the surface it just does seem like a generic shoot 'em up action movie. But if you go and rewatch it a second time or really think about it afterwards, it does have these more interesting aspects. I think for me, um, I truly one hundred percent believe that Common and Alicia just 
love child from this movie specifically. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that's some of the best like quick character chemistry that I've seen in a film. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And this was both Whew. their very first feature film. So I'm I'm 100% convinced that they have a love child from. <laughs> oh yeah, honestly, I completely agree with that. When I saw it, I was like, this is so much, I'm like, they have to be sleeping with each other in real life. I'm like, they have to be like, this is so like, whoa. I mean, maybe they just killed it right out of the ballpark, knocked it out of the ballpark right away, but I was like, they've had to like, gotten down. <laughs> like, they've had to. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I agree with all of you guys. You know, I think if anything, just for the action alone, let's just say you don't want, you don't like heavy story or anything like that, just for the action alone, it's mm-hmm. right up there with like John Wick and some of these other movies of, with action of its time. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, you know, give it a shot, and then you know you'll be surp- you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised with the way the story goes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, uh, Jason, for being with us. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for JPG. showing up. We appreciate it. Yeah. Where can uh, you like it? Yeah. Where can yeah? Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Where can uh, people find you and stuff? Do you want to drop any of your your socials or plug your podcast or anything like that? Oh, thank you. Um. So. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts for a show called In Quest of Geek. You can find us on any of the social medias at In Quest of Geek. We are a multi-platform production that releases weekly podcasts. We do Twitch streams, and then we're about to release an actual play RPG as well. So um, you can find us there. And if you want to hear anything about uh, pop culture, uh, listen to us second. Listen to the show first. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) too kind well yeah yeah. thank you guys for listening and yeah we if you want to you know do the same and check us out on social media you know we're undercast company um and on instagram and facebook and all the places like that and if you guys like what you hear please give us five stars on itunes or subscribe to us and uh check us out we do also have a another podcast coming up that uh ariel is kind of heading up called uh you haven't seen which is about uh movies that we probably should have seen at this point that we just haven't. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, the first episode is going to be about me and uh, Ariel had not seen um, American Psycho, which was suggested to us by Alan. So we watched that. So keep an eye out for that one. But yeah, or, you know, just if you guys have any suggestions or want to ask us any questions, just send us an email at undercastcompany at gmail.com. But that about does it, guys. Uh, and, uh, I'll see you in another life. Thanks for being amazing. Thank you guys. I'm Ray and I quit smoking with Chantix. 